0: Technology is well managed, is able to change the life of millions of people in the world.
1: Welcome to Hearing Health Today. I'm your host, Craig Sharp. On today's episode, a connected hearing care ecosystem, we'll be speaking with Dr. Eliana Cristofari, Director of the Cochlear Implant Center at the Hospital de Ciccolo in Varese, Italy. Dr. Cristofari is both a surgeon and an expert in rehabilitation. She and her team have built an innovative and multidisciplinary approach to care and we'll learn from her about how they've built this new care model and some of the lessons they've learned along the way. This is a podcast for hearing health professionals. If you are a person with hearing loss or a member of the general public, please seek advice from your health professional about treatments for hearing loss. Dr. Cristofari, thanks for joining us on this episode of Hearing Health today.
0: Good morning. I'm uh, in Italy, and so in Italy it's 7 o'clock in the morning, and it's early, but uh, I'm very happy to be here
1: with you. Fantastic. Well, thanks for agreeing to wake up early to join us for this interview. I wanted to kick off by asking you a little bit about some of the rehab work that you've done in Italy. I know you're one of the leaders in Italy around remote care and remote rehab, and I was just curious if, if you could provide us a little bit of insight into some of the work that you do with remote care in Italy.
0: It's uh, an interesting concept, uh, Care Anywhere, especially in this period uh, we have uh, lived and uh, we are living the COVID time. And so it's a very, very special uh, moment in the history of humans. And we started in 1995 with teleconference uh, video rehabilitation. Why? Because um, we were sure that uh, the future will be different from the past. And uh, Mm -hmm. we are sure that uh, a new generation of humans uh, is incoming, and uh, social media is uh, available uh, for for anyone and uh, anywhere. And uh, people love staying in contact, uh, especially with the doctors that we know. Nineteen
1: ninety five. I mean, that was such a long time ago. What did remote care look like then? Were you using dial up
0: internet? It was a very very difficult. In our department in Varese, we uh, welcome people from all over Italy and uh, from uh, other countries. Tele-rehabilitation is, uh, for us, the the most efficient way to reach them. Tele-rehabilitation video conference uh, was introduced in 1995, and uh, the initial idea was to reduce costs for all those families who lived uh, in other parts of Italy.
1: Were those mostly rural patients?
0: Like- uh, all of Italy. Uh, you have to imagine that uh, that Varese is a, a small town of um, uh, 80,000 uh, uh, inhabitants, uh, and our department is in Varese. And uh, it's located in the north of Italy. So it's a beautiful area with seven lakes, uh, beautiful mountains. (laughs) And also, you have to imagine that uh, from the south of Italy to Varese, there is a long trip.
1: Why do you have patients coming all the way from the south of Italy? Is there not a center closer to them? No.
0: In Italy, we have uh, many centers uh, for uh, audiological centers uh, for ERKs or cochlear implants. Uh, But at times. time, at that time, in 1995, uh, the centers, especially for children, were few. Now, uh, now no, okay. no. Now we have uh, many other centers in all uh, of Italy. But uh, the history is the history.
1: So you're doing remote care or video. It sounds like video uh, rehab in 1995. How did you do that? Like what? What technology did you use?
0: At the beginning, it was very, very, very hard because uh, the technology was not so good uh, at uh, that time. And the companies uh, didn't invest uh, in that uh, technology. Yeah. And so it was very, very difficult for us. But we were lucky and uh, the uh, government at that time uh, gave a financial contribution for the PC and for the Internet connection. And uh, we started uh, using the Skype uh, platform in uh, okay. 2003 yep. that uh, could be easily downloaded. And uh, so with uh, a camera was very, very cheap and uh, and the PC families could uh, connect with us.
1: So you started using Skype in 2003. Yes. What did you use between 1995
0: and 2003? We had only um, an Italian system, and uh, it was connected to the fixed uh, telephone.
1: Yeah, okay. And
0: it was a very, very hard system to improve.
1: Did that have video?
0: Yes, so we had video. The quality of the video at the beginning was not so good. And, uh, also, yeah. and uh, also the voice and uh, some connections w- were not good. Now, usually we can conclude the, the 90% of connection in a very good way with uh, full satisfaction for us and our families.
1: When you're connecting with families, Going back to 1995 and then to 2003, yes. were you connecting with patients and their parents at their home or did they have to travel to like a clinic or something where they had a good internet connection?
0: We started at the beginning only at home. And why? Because our methods have some key points. The first key point is uh, early diagnosis. The second one mm-hmm. is uh, the immediate application of hearing aids uh, and uh, sternal vibrator sure. and the continuing life uh, as foot uh, with normal hearing. Yeah. Uh, the third one is family, total family cooperation, individual rehabilitation and uh, a full school uh, integration and monitoring uh, of changes. So for this goal, we need the mother in children. And the mother is uh, the key point of our method. And uh, we want to follow and uh, to guide the mother of children at home. Okay. And so usually the the children come to the center. It depends from the program uh, once a week, uh, once a month, uh, once a year. It depends from uh, from the case, from uh, the severity of uh, the disease. But uh, we follow regularly. At home, all the mothers uh, once a week or twice a week depends. And uh, over the time, we change this program. Okay. And so now we connect uh, also the schools, other professionals, the companies, the sons. Uh, in in the case of uh, the elderly, himself or uh, with the sons at work, it
1: depends. So. When you are connecting with parents and their children at home, Mm -hmm. would you also then like have the school join that same call? Or do you sometimes just connect with the school separately?
0: It depends because uh, we can connect uh, also with uh, many people, many professionals in the same time. Usually it's uh, only one connection at home uh, to to work with mother or with the professional to discuss about the professional uh, questions. But uh, another thing we do usually is very interesting. uh, We collect uh, all the teachers of Mm -hmm. All the children we are following in Italy once a year to explain them what deafness is, what technology is, how to manage technology and to discuss problem about deafness because it's fundamental for us because teachers live every day with children.
1: Yeah, so it sounds like the teachers um, of children who are, have hearing loss, are really important in that diagnosis and or treatment pathway.
0: Yes, yes, yes. We think it's uh, they are strategic because they live with children many hours a day, and so yeah. they are able to observe the children and uh, to give us uh, many informations. We have um, prepared many questionnaires to the family, to the school, uh, because um, we need these informations. Because uh, we have to check and to monitor the disability uh, of uh, that patients at the home, school, or in the daily life.
1: Dr. Christopher, you mentioned that core to your method is connecting with uh, parents at home. So parents of children with hearing loss in their home and you do that remotely, why is that so much more important than having someone come to the center?
0: Uh, because uh, uh, if at the beginning uh, we started uh, with a video conferences only to reduce the cost, yeah, we observed that uh, also the patients living in Varese, so uh, it's, it was very, very easy for them to reach the center, yeah. uh, they reached the, the final result. Uh, more rapidly than the other ones. Hmm. And so we decided to use a video conference for all the patients because um, we can monitor their uh, results at home, at school, at work. It depends uh, from the patients. But uh, the, the most important thing it is to guide them during the rehabilitation program during uh, the day they stay in the center we train the mother we train uh, the adult we train uh, the elderly to work in video conference uh, with us and uh, mm-hmm. we explain uh, the exercise to do and uh, they go home and they do this exercise under uh, as uh, our supervision.
1: So regardless of what, whether a patient or family lives a kilometer away or 500 kilometers away, it sounds like uh, you guys use video um, just in, because you've seen better results. Is that fair to say, yes. like from a rehabilitation perspective?
0: Yes, this is the real goal because uh, we we noticed that uh, many patients followed by video conference reached uh, in, in a very short time the final result. And so this is the, the reason uh, why uh, we, uh, we started with video conference with all the patients. What's the reason? Uh, We really don't know, but uh, we think that Mm. probably they can um, uh, control their anxiety. uh, They can stay at home and so they are in a familiar environment. uh, And so they are more quiet and they can work better. And uh, we are looking uh, during the rehabilitation, their work. And uh, there is uh, some uh, very funny situations because uh, sometimes we connect with them uh, early in the morning. And so we say them uh, they are having breakfast. Uh, sure. uh, real life. So we can see OK, the real life. Uh, and so we, we are very familiar with the families. And this is uh, fantastic for us and for them because uh, they are very quiet. Another aspect is that uh, we have uh, the app on uh, our uh, mobile phones and so the patients can reach us uh, every time, everywhere. And so it's a little bit difficult for us to manage them. But if they have a very, very, very um, important problem, they can reach us. And this is uh, the
1: the difference. So when you first proposed to do uh, rehabilitation through video, did people think you were crazy? Because that must have been pretty abnormal. Uh, at that time?
0: At that time. Oh, yes. At that time, yes. Uh, we were crazy for them. <laughs> uh, but also now, because uh, uh, only during COVID time, uh, many professionals discovered the video conference before mm-hmm. uh, they, they didn't use. And so I think that the world is changing uh, and uh, we have to change.
1: How is video rehab different today in 2020 than it was, you know, in 1995 or in 2003, when you started using Skype, what What are the main differences that you see today in the way that you deliver rehabilitation?
0: The first one is the technology and uh, it's free.
1: Yeah.
0: At that time, uh, the, the, the families um, had to pay something uh, to the telephone company yeah. to, to have a video conference at that time. Now it's free. The second reason is that uh, it's um, a common way to communicate and yeah. so all the families uh, are familiar with uh, this kind of communication. Also, the elderly now are very happy to use uh, this technology. now they are able to connect uh, by themselves.
1: So how do you do the training? What does that look like?
0: When the patient comes to our center, we show him uh, how to use technology mm-hmm. and uh, we yeah. train him uh, many times uh, if uh, he needs. And uh, so he becomes familiar with technology and he's very quiet. And so it's not a problem. It- you can try it.
1: Is that normally over the course of like three months or a year? Or how long does it take to typically train folks to use the technology? Is it just like one visit sometimes and that's good enough or?
0: No, no, no. It depends from from the patient, from the family. It depends from many, many things. And uh, usually in uh, two or three lessons, the patients or the family are trained. It is not difficult. The program is different from a patient to another one. Some programs can close uh, in a few months and uh, for some others, it depends from from the the severity of uh, the deafness.
1: Are you still seeing patients from all over Italy or are you seeing as many patients from, let's say, southern Italy now that there are more centers doing video rehab?
0: At the beginning, we were the only one in Italy and uh, I think that also now. Only during the COVID time, uh, some see. center used the video conference
1: Do you think that will change after COVID?
0: Many things for us, because uh, the patients um, didn't uh, come to the center for uh, two months and a half, more or less three months. All the patients uh, were very happy, first of all, uh, to have a connection, a daily connection with us because they were not alone. Sometimes they didn't do rehabilitation, but uh, they wanted only to speak with us. And another thing that we obliged them to work every day because usually we, we follow them uh, once a week, sure. uh, twice a week, depends. In that case, we want to follow them every day. And so we performed uh, more or less over that 50 or 60 connections per day. Wow. And uh, we followed over then uh, 500 patients during, during that period.
1: That's a lot of connections <laughs> per day. How did you manage that in terms of staffing?
0: Because in our staff, uh, we have uh, uh, seven speech therapists okay. and uh, three pedagogists. Uh, they are like teacher. The pedagogist is uh, like a teacher mm-hmm. and uh, they are working uh, in our center. And so we have uh, ten uh, professionals connected uh, daily with the patients and all the professionals in that that. that period didn't uh, came to the center because uh, they cannot. And so they worked uh, in a smart working.
1: So just work from home.
0: Yes. And so they connected from home to another home and uh, in a very informal way. Also, this thing changed for us. And it was the first time for us.
1: When you have patients that have hearing aids versus cochlear implants, is there any difference in the way that you approach rehab?
0: Yes, of course, because in our method, the cochlear implant is the end of a program, not the beginning. If they are children, usually congenital deafness, usually we, we follow them for eight or nine months before the cochlear implants. And uh, we put the cochlear implant and uh, we follow them after the cochlear implant for uh, other six, uh, eight uh, months after cochlear implant. If they are elderly or the adults, the program is different. But also in this case, We follow them before the cochlear implant many times and after the cochlear implant is not necessary usually because we can reach a good result in a very few months.
1: You mentioned earlier that you guys are measuring outcomes for these patients that you follow and that you actually saw patients get to a better outcome quicker when you were following them at home. How do you measure outcomes? What is that? Look like? What are you relying on to determine what a good outcome looks like?
0: We measure these results uh, in a two ways. The first one is uh, by questionnaire, so we can check their disability At home, at school, uh, and so on, and uh, we measure also with uh, audiological tests. In video conference, uh, we can uh, measure their discrimination results with very very simple tests, and we can show them. And this is very important because um, uh, at the beginning, uh, you said me that uh, you couldn't hear something, uh, but uh, not by voice, by numbers. Sure. Okay. Uh, we have checked by questionnaire, and now, with the same questionnaire mm-hmm. after months of rehabilitation, we have reached this result, and so you can say to me, "I cannot hear this sound. Sure. I cannot I not happen no, it's not correct. You said to me with this questionnaire that uh, your situation is better than before.
1: And you're a surgeon, correct? Yes. There aren't many surgeons that are fully across all the details of rehabilitation and some of these other audiological measures. And I'm just curious what sparked your interest or or how did you become so involved in the whole uh, care ecosystem?
0: Unfortunately, usually the surgeon is the surgeon, the audiologist is the audiologist, the speech therapist is the speech therapist and so on. Uh, in our center is, uh, is quite different because uh, we live uh, in, in the same building uh, all together. We share the, the rooms uh, and uh, we share daily uh, informations about rehabilitation, cochlear implant, ear gate, and also um, about surgery. So yesterday I was in the surgical room. I operated a very small kit. And uh, after uh, the operation, I sent a message on the WhatsApp group about the details of uh, the surgery. Why? Mm-hmm. Because uh, all the group uh, has to know every details about uh, every patient. Yeah. Uh, if uh, if a hearing aids is not going on, the surgeon has to be able to, to know and uh, also to, to manage a very simple thing. Why? Uh, because um, the first thing is because the, the patient has the sensation to be in a center where everyone knows him mm-hmm. or her, and it's very important for them. But it's very difficult.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a really novel approach, I think, where you have everyone under one roof. Let's say that you do the surgery for an infant. Do you get reports, you know, a year or two later in terms of how that child is performing or progressing?
0: Yes, of course. We follow this child uh, over the time, uh, usually till uh, three years uh, of age.
1: Why do you think other centers, whether in Italy, Europe or the rest of the world, haven't adopted a similar approach to, to your center where you have this interdisciplinary team of professionals all under one building?
0: It's very difficult to build a team like this mm. one. It's very difficult, especially mm. in Italy. Uh, Why? Because uh, for the economical point of view, because uh, you need many money, many, many professionals to manage big numbers uh, of Mm -hmm. patients, uh, I think and I hope uh, that uh, also other centers in Italy in the time uh, will change their uh, method, uh, okay, and... Because I think uh, this is a very, very good uh, way to work uh, and uh, to obtain a uh, good results, but the future is this: the future is tele rehabilitation, telemedicine. Uh, uh, the robotic surgery, the artificial yeah. intelligence, and uh, many other devices. Uh, and so the future is this, we have to prepare. And uh, I'm sure that uh, in, the, in the next 10 years, uh, all the healthcare system in the world will change. And uh, the professionals uh, have to be ready for this yeah. change.
1: Absolutely.
0: I'm um, fascinated by technology because technology is well managed, is able to change uh, the life of millions of people in the world Mm -hmm. in a very simple way if you use uh, in a very good way. And uh, now we are talking uh, about something, uh, our lives, our work, uh, and uh, we are in, in, in the opposite yeah. part of the world. And for me, it's <laughs> yeah. fantastic. Uh, we are citizens of a global world in a very, very easy way. And uh, also for the deaf patients, um, I hope, um, a world in, in, in which deafness will not be a problem. It's a normal problem, like... um like, yeah, like eyes or glasses,
1: things.
0: yeah. Yes, is not a stigma.
1: So you guys use a lot of technology to do remote encounters. Do you guys ever recommend rehab apps or maybe listening to podcasts or something that patients can do in between? Their clinic visits.
0: We usually, yes, use uh, audio books for them usually, and uh, many years ago a CD uh, containing uh, many exercises they can um, have atonement and so they they can use. But the one of the goal of our, of our center is uh, to um, prepare uh, videos or uh, tutorials uh, and many other things uh, because. Uh, I, we think that it's a good idea for, for the future, especially in this time, but also for the future.
1: You and your team have built such an incredible center for other physicians or audiologists that are listening to this podcast who'd like to emulate a model that you have in Italy. What recommendations, what advice do you have? What lessons have you learned and, and what would you say to those people?
0: The first recommendation is work together together work together and work together. Uh, The surgeon has not to be only a surgeon, but uh, has to be very curious and uh, has to move to the mapping room and to follow the audiologist during the map or during the hearing, the heavy fitting, and have to study, have to learn many things. And uh, the surgeon has to go to the, rehabilitating room and follow the speech therapist during the rehabilitation and uh, as to study fundamentals of rehabilitation for kids, for very small kids, for children, for adults and elderly, because uh, without this kind of work, you are Mm. alone uh, and uh, you are concentrated on only one problem, Uh, but uh, deafness uh, is not only and yeah. here uh, deafness is a total problem and uh, you have to be also a psychologist mm-hmm. and so we have to know all the, the problem of deafness. And so I think this is uh, the, the only way and the best way to do it is to do it in the same mm-hmm. building, not in different. If you have a problem, uh, you can discuss immediately and you can solve in that moment.
1: That's fantastic. I think this is such a fascinating time in hearing care because we're starting to see all these technologies in consumer electronics. Um, and then those get quickly uh, adapted yes, into hearing aids yes, and, yes, and cochlear yes, implants. And I yes.
0: think we, we we are we are looking at the future because the future is now, and so it's very 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 exciting for us because we we had the future on our hands, and uh, we have to manage it very very well for the patients and also for us.
1: Absolutely. Dr. Christofari, thank you so much uh, for joining us today and for waking up early especially. It's been a really fascinating conversation and I really enjoyed learning about what you guys have built in Italy.
0: Thank you to you and thank you to all the team. And uh, I'm very, very happy to uh, share that with you, our concept and uh, I hope in a, in a global best future for, for the world, not only for uh, the COVID time, but uh, especially for the deafness. I- I hope so.
1: And thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed it, please make sure you press the subscribe button and give us a rating and a review. If there's a particular topic you'd like us to cover, please mention it in your review. We'd love to hear from you. You can find all the links to what was discussed in today's podcast in the description and stay tuned for our next episode. In the meantime, stay safe. Just a quick reminder, the views of the interviewees in this podcast are their own and do not necessarily represent the views of Cochlear Limited or its subsidiaries. This material is intended for health professionals. If you are a person with hearing loss or a member of the general public, please seek advice from your health professional about treatments for hearing loss. Outcomes may vary, and your health professional will advise about the factors which could affect your outcome.